Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 179, Brake Master Cylinder Diagnostics. Ooh. Uh, this one's going to be obviously particularly talking about uh, one particular part of the brake system, which is in ca- this case the master cylinder. And again, this is uh, a trade magazine article. It's written, you know, a little bit kind of technical. It is written for automotive repair technicians, but a lot of good information. I thought it'd be worthwhile to go ahead and make a podcast out of it. Um, this is from a, again. This is from a trade magazine called Break and Front End, and it's written by a technical writer by the name of Andrew Markell. So I want to give him credit for the article. So uh, let's get started. Anyone who works on brakes should be familiar with basic hydraulics and the various components that make up the hydraulic portion of the brake system. But if you're not as familiar with the subject as you should be, keep reading and we'll refresh your memory. We'll start at the heart of the system, which is the master cylinder. It converts the force exerted on the brake pedal by the vehicle's driver into hydraulic pressure to apply the brakes. Depressing depressing the brake pedal moves a pushrod in the master cylinder. Mounted on the pushrod are a pair of pistons, primary and secondary, in tandem, one after the other, to push against the fluid in the master cylinder bore. This creates pressure that displaces fluid since it's incompressible. As fluid is pushed from the master cylinder, it exerts pressure through the brake lines to apply each of the brakes. When the brake pedal is released, the spring-loaded piston assembly in the master cylinder returns it to its rest position. The fluid that was displaced by the pistons is pushed back to the master cylinder as the brake disc pads kick out away from the rotors and the springs inside the drums retract the brake shoes. That's if the car had drum brakes, by the way. The fluid returns to the fluid reservoir through the compensating ports, which are small openings between the master cylinder bore and the fluid reservoir just ahead of each of the pistons. Master cylinders are divided into two separate hydraulic circuits, with each, which each having its own fluid reservoir and piston. It's a safety requirement so that if a leak occurs in one circuit, it won't affect the other circuit, leaving at least two brakes operational to stop the vehicle. With most rear-wheel drive vehicles, the hydraulic system is divided front to rear with one circuit for the front brakes and a second circuit for the rear brakes. On many front-wheel drive cars, the brake system is split diagonally. The left front and right rear brakes share one circuit, while the right front and left rear brakes share the other. Just to let you know, certainly with BMW, which is what I work on, uh, that that split he just described is, is on a BMW is the latter one. So they're split diagonally. To be honest with you, I don't know of any cars necessarily that are split front to back. The problem with doing that, especially if you were to split it front to back, is if the back went out, all you'd have is front brakes. Well, you apply the front brakes really hard, and that means there's nothing slowing down the rear of the car, the rear uh, tires. You're going to offset the balance of that car horribly and more than likely potentially the rear end is going to come around in other words you're going to go into a spin that you can't control okay so i really don't know how many cars are necessarily necessarily split front to rear but uh i certainly bmws and probably most german cars anyway are split diagonally so just to uh just to let you know that so 
Um, the most common problems that occur in the master cylinder are wear in the piston bore and piston seal failure. The classic symptom of a failing master cylinder is a brake pedal that slowly sinks while pressure is held against the pedal. The cure is to replace the master cylinder. Brake lines and hoses. The arteries of the brake system are the steel lines and flexible rubber hose that route hydraulic pressure to each brake when the driver steps on the brake pedal. The lines are, and hose must withstand pressures that can range from a few hundred pounds per square inch up to almost 2,000 psi. If a line or hose can't take the pressure and blows, all braking ability in the affected brake circuit will be lost. A slow leak in a brake line or hose is almost as bad as a sudden failure because, over time, enough fluid may be lost to allow air, air to enter the hydraulic system. Air in the fluid is bad because air is compressible. This increases the amount of pedal travel that's necessary to apply the brakes and may increase it to the point where the pedal hits the floor before the brakes apply. The first indication of a leak in a brake line or hose may be a low fluid level in the master cylinder reservoir. Other clues may include wet spots on the driveway, dampness on the, uh, on the back of a drum brake, or a brake warning light that comes on. If a leak is suspected, the entire brake system should be inspected to find the leak. The most likely leak points are the brake calipers, wheel cylinders, and rubber brake hoses, though steel lines can also rust through and leak. Rubber brake hoses also need to be inspected for age cracks, bulges, swelling, or other damage that would indicate a need for replacement. Rubber hoses have an expansion-resistant inner lining that should not give under pressure. If the inner liner leaks, fluid will force its way under the outer lining, causing a bubble or blister to appear when the brakes are applied. Although it doesn't happen very often, sometimes internal damage or deterioration in a rubber hose allows a small flap of material to lift up and plug the line. This prevents brake pressure from reaching the wheel, causing a brake pull when the brakes are applied. The same thing can also happen to steel brake lines. Debris in the brake fluid or a crushed or kinked line can block the passage of hydraulic pressure to the brakes. In some cases, pressure will get through, but when the brakes are released, the blockage prevents pressure from releasing back to the master cylinder, causing the brake to drag. Replacement hose must be the same length as the original, with the same type of end fittings. A hose that is too long may rub against a suspension component or other parts, while a hose that's too short may be stretched and damaged when turning or by excessive suspension travel. Hydraulic to mechanical force. Disc brake calipers squeeze the pads against the rotors when the brakes are applied. Calipers come in two basic types, floating and fixed. Floating calipers are the most common and are so named because they slide sideways on their mounts to center themselves over the rotor when the brakes are applied and released. Most have a single piston behind the inner brake pad, but some have two or more pistons. Floating calipers ride on slides, bushings, or pins. This hardware must be corrosion-free, undamaged, and lightly lubricated so that the caliper can move. Otherwise, it will stick and cause uneven pad wear. Usually, the inner pad wears more. Fixed calipers do not move and have pistons on both sides of the pads, usually one or two on each side. Uneven wear in a fixed caliper can be caused by a sticking piston. <clears throat> caliper service is required if a caliper is leaking brake fluid, if a piston is sticking or frozen, or if the pads show uneven wear. Many brake experts recommend rebuilding or replacing the calipers on high mileage vehicles when the brakes are relied for, pre for preventative maintenance. Like any other mechanical component, calipers wear and corrode with age. 
Every time the brakes are applied, the back and forth motion of the caliper pistons produces a slight amount of wear on the piston seal and piston bore, preventing contamination. Moder moisture contamination in the brake fluid adds to the problem by allowing corrosion to attack the piston bores and the caliper pistons if they are steel or aluminum, which is why the fluid also needs to be changed every few years. As the surface of the pistons and bores become pitted and rough, the seals wear even more and may begin to leak. Also, as the pads wear, the caliper pistons move gradually outward. This exposes more of the piston to potential contamination and corrosion from dust or moisture that may get past the dust boot. If an old corroded piston is then pushed shoved back into the caliper when new pads are installed, the piston seal will be riding on a rough surface. It won't be long before the seal fails and the caliper starts to leak. Brake fluid leaks are serious because fluid can contaminate the brake linings, causing them to grab or pull. Fluid loss can also lead to brake failure. Even if a caliper isn't leaking, it is still aging. Rubber piston seals and dust boots lose elasticity with age. Square-cut piston seals help retract the pistons and pads when the brakes are released. If the seals are old and, and hard, they may not pull the piston back, allowing the pads to drag against the rotor. When dust boots get old, they often crack or split and allow dirt and water to enter the piston bore area. The result can be accelerated seal wear, piston corrosion, and sticking. Rebuilding or replacing the calipers when the brakes are relined restores the system to like-new condition, improves brake reliability, and reduces the risk of leaks or other problems that might lead to a comeback and an unhappy customer. So that's the story on brake master cylinders, and in some respects, uh, brake systems in general. Uh, I did a podcast some time ago talking about uh, why does BMW recommend brake fluid changes, <clears throat> and I talk a lot more about that. Uh, it's a relatively short one. It's like, oh, I don't know, eight or nine minutes long, something like that. But I do more talk more specifically about, uh, again, why BMW recommends brake fluid changes. Uh, but frankly, I think most manufacturers have gotten to where they, they have it uh, as part of their normal preventative maintenance schedule. But you certainly would want to check that on your particular car. But um, it is getting to where I think more shops are recommending it. Uh, but if, if yours never has and you've been taking it to them for at least a couple of years, you may want to check into that because they might not actually be talking to you about something that the car manufacturer of your car is actually recommending to be done. It's one of the few things, if maybe the only thing that's done, is that we're talking about brake fluid changes now, that's done by time. It has nothing to do with miles driven. It's strictly recommended by time, which most things on cars from a preventative maintenance or wear type thing is, is by mileage. So kind of a weird one on that. But anyway... I uh, hope you got, got something out of it. Uh, I appreciate you listening. And again, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Brad's Motor Works. So check that out when you get a chance. And, uh, you know, drop me an email. And, and uh, I'm always looking for ideas for new podcasts or subjects or titles or whatever. And uh, I appreciate any feedback that you can give me. Appreciate you listening. I hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. 
and thank you again.